You're very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Uh, a fantastic edition because we will be joined on the line later on by Rich Ritchie. He'll talk to us about the return of Forheen and um, and, well, and a bit of other business as well. It's very worth catching up with that as it comes up. Uh, Dermot Nolan is here. Dermot. Hello, Dean. And uh, we did promise last week he'd be back. Dave McGurin is back. How are you, Dave? How are you, Dean? Good to have you back on the Race Hour podcast. Good to be back. Yeah, pleasure. Um, now, we may as well start. We will touch on it with Rich Richie a little bit later on. But we, re- we saw the return of the machine. Forheen was back, and I think it was very difficult. Although, Dermo, you were a bit circumspect after his immediate return that maybe the horses in behind him runners race, but he looked pretty stunning to me. He did, Dean. Um, it was one of those situations where you watch the race back, first of all, and you're, you know, I think naturally as a horse racing punter or anyone involved in horse racing, your first idea, in my head anyway, always is scepticism. You know, you, you kind of want to, to prove it wrong. So I went away after the race thinking that maybe that they'd left the horse way too free in front and that he got what he wanted, but Dean, uh, like everything to do with the race, the time especially, he was two seconds slower than Nichols Canyon last year and on much worse ground. That is a serious performance, wow. what he put up. Um, it's an amazing performance. And whilst I'm a massive Bouverdaire fan, as... Nicky Henderson said he watched it with JP McManus and they just looked at each other and went uh, you know they were just stalling over it it was an amazing performance and uh, it's great to have him back he adds a great layer to, to the whole festival the whole the whole year even sorry Dave he was mighty yeah for a comeback run I think that run at Punchestown last Sunday was good enough to win the champion last year's champion hurdle I think he dominated from the front looked comfortable I don't think he has some proof the only thing with him he's a nine year old now you've got to keep him sound I hope they go down, if it's an easy uh, Kempton hurdle at Christmas, I'd prefer them to go over to Kempton than uh, the Irish champion hurdle. I think, give him one more run and send him, send him in March. He'll be 10. I mean, he's got to emulate only two this century. Hatton's Grace and Sea Pigeon are the only two 10-year-olds to win the champion hurdle. So he has to, you know, emulate those. I mean, we've had four nine-year-olds with the likes of Crabensis, Royal Gate, some really decent names there that have won the champion hurdle. But I think the whole thing now is keeping him sound. If he gets their sound, nothing beats him. I tend to agree exactly with that, I have to say. Um, plenty of other horses we saw. Of course, we'll touch on, touch on for him with, with Rich Ritchie coming up. But plenty of other horses we saw over the last few days that are worth note. Uh, David, I might throw to you first with Apple Shakiro. Look pretty uh, devastating for a first time. Yeah, I actually missed the race. I was coming in, I was starting work. And when I got in, uh, Dave Finnegan told me he'd... You know, I mean, he doesn't get excited about much bar lunch. So as soon as I came in, he said, look, watch this. There's the winner of the Triumph Hurdle. I watched it back. I was very, very impressed. Really, really impressed with it. I know he came wide enough for the better ground, but 17 lengths. And I know Gumball was favourite for the Triumph beforehand, but he doesn't jump. I still could never have a Gumball at uh, Cheltenham in the Triumph Hurdle. But I was just so impressed with her. She was very, she didn't look to finish article. She's gone and proved dramatically for that. And you could just tell from the enthusiasm from Bertie Gardy afterwards that she could be something special. Real deal demo, it seems. Yeah, look, she was brilliant. Uh, I don't know much to add there today at all. Uh, Gumball didn't jump, so I wouldn't be taking the four to one just yet. I'd rather take two to one for to see her do something like that again. But the problem is, if she does it again, she's going to be odds on. Uh, she was excellent, Dean. And uh, again, another horse to look forward to. 
Uh, Elgin was the winner of the Great Wood, of course, at Cheltenham. Um, now, we've seen Elgin already win this term, so let's follow that up. Going very well for Alan King, but does that mean that maybe there wasn't a superstar in that Great Wood field? Is that a fair comment, Demo? Yeah, I thought it was indeed the best race. Uh, William H. Bonney was one to take out of it. I thought just the way he travelled into it and the ground maybe got on top of him. Um, the horse in second, Misterton ran an absolute blinder as well. But yeah, Dean, a lot of much and muchness. Uh, I don't think the form from a lot of those handicaps at Cheltenham would be worth taking out of Cheltenham. I think the ground, it was just, in my mind, Dean, it was horses that dealt with the ground one. And uh, he did it very well. Likeable horse, but I don't think um, he'll be winning an awful lot of the big hurdles this season. Yeah, Elgin looks very tough, Dave, but maybe we've reached a ceiling already. He does already look tough, him. but I suppose that that's the level of his form. You're back of fortune, the new one running on quite well. There, The new one has won twice in heavy ground, but he was given the winner £18. I just don't know how good the form is. Uh, old guard back in tour off 149, probably about to level his form. And Massive run. Better, yeah, with better ground. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't write anything into it, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't certainly be taking anything out of that race. i dismiss it in terms of form. Okay, we did also see um, Finian's Oscar, who I thought was, well, um, I guess people watching that race, at one point when Move of the Times comes past, goes, oh, Finian's Oscar maybe has been found out here, but he wasn't found out at all. He was almost just Brian maybe teaching him how to go past the horse. I thought I it was pretty impressive. teaching him how to go past the horse. I wouldn't say that was part of the plan. <laughs> but I, I don't know how genuine uh, Move of the Times is once he hit the front either. So it's a combination of one quickening up and the other maybe not being battle hardened yeah no I thought move with the times I thought it was a brilliant move by Barry Garrity I yeah. thought you know he nearly pinched the race and had he pinched the race Dean it wouldn't have been the biggest deal I mean you Finian's Oscar giving him 8 pounds um, had Finian's Oscar lost he wouldn't have lost a whole lot in defeat it was just very likeable to see him do it because last season when Bells Hill went by him in um, or not Bells Hill uh, what's the name of the horse that beat him Bacardi's Bacardi's yeah when Bacardi's went by him Finian's Oscar didn't really battle all that well I thought that day um, now he took him he took a lot more out of himself in the runs last year than he did this season but I really like the way that he pricked his ears picked up giving a decent horse like move at the times £8 now as Dave said the horse doesn't find an awful lot for pressure but Finian's Oscar I think genuinely wins over any trip any distance this season and I think we are looking at a future Gold Cup winner Dean well that's that's where I was going to go with Finian's Oscar can they the just worry. can they just pick whichever novice race they no. want this year and win no uh, I'm sure they'll put forward the argument about pace if the pace is right he'll travel and you can drop back to two miles. I don't think so. I mean, he won his point to point over three. Pace is going to be right in an article, isn't it? It's going to be right in an article, but uh, in the article. But I'd still prefer him to see him stepped up. In, still, intermediate or RSA? Like the JLT? Or JLT, the preferably. It is your race. But uh, I, I think he's going to improve at distance. I really do. I mean, he won his point to point in really decent fashion over three. He's been campaigned. Uh, over 2-4 he's always looked like he wanted more when he was over hurdles I'd, I'd like to see him stepped up now we, I mean, we we spoke to the well to Joe Tizard a couple of times on this podcast and I think he was of the opinion that his father thought you know it's just maybe not necessary to do anything with him this year and his his future does lie as a goal cup well, the it comes around. They? they did so they have previous I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pitch up in an arco. yeah I wouldn't be either I'd have the reaction to movement for the JLT makes logical sense and next season it would make more sense but I just think with the previous from the yard that they will run him over too uh, his jumping does need to improve a small bit but I'd have no problem backing him for an Arkeldean especially this year that there doesn't seem to be much over two miles whatsoever 
It doesn't look the best division, uh, I have to say, but Finian's Oscar would certainly set it alight. Um, Fox Norton sticking with the pots colours, um, I thought was visually superbly impressive. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of doubts in that division again. We have to wait to see the uh, van back uh, out here. Uh, there's question marks about a lot in the division. That's a horse that I would like to see keep the uh, the pots keep at two miles. Yeah, and I think he deserves a shot at a champion chase. I think he get one this year. I completely agree with that. I mean, this 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 whole nonsense of stepping him up on trip. Why? You know, he he's done everything over two miles. He's doing it really, really well. We're in a year where, um, granted, Richard will say what he feels about Duvan but he's he's going into a division here now with two horses that have somewhat question marks over them he's in fine heart he's in fine spirits he's running really well I mean like you know last season he missed a good bit of time and was devastating at Aintree so he could be very interesting Dean and I would not be moving him up and trip he looks a natural two miler to me to be honest yeah but I would I would completely agree and we'll hear what Rich has to say about Duvan and I guess whether there are question marks about Duvan they'll be answered pretty soon whether he goes to Tingle Creek or the or the Hilly Way and we see him back in action so that division is going to take a little bit more shape yet so that would be interesting I've got to throw Monolly at you probably one of the more exciting uh, recruits to chase and we've seen for a while I love Finian's Oscar but I thought Monolly's was the most most um, put together and the best performer so far from any novice chaser I felt um, I thought Monolly was superb uh, and again yesterday the the horse to finish sixth in that of Jessica Harrington came out next time out and won he put away any second now who was he drifted Mark Walsh had him there two fences out to gun at um, at Monley and Monley just literally kicked away from him rather effortlessly uh, this was a horse who I thought was rather unlucky in the Albert Bartlett last year when Penn Hill kind of mugged him uh, he didn't have a response to that it was a brilliant ride from Paul Townend who just waited and waited and waited but Monley was one of the horses to take out of that race he jumps the fence as any Henry de Bromhead horse does absolutely on heel on springs and Dean I think it's going to take a very good horse to beat this horse in the RSA granted that Finian's Oscar doesn't go down that division I, yeah I think he's flexible he's flexible trip wise I don't think he needs to be ridden from the front but he's just so, so, so much pace and he's just such a natural jumper it's probably comfortable from that I remember at the Albert Bart last year I think we all back to Manti Post the worry was would they send them over there uh, the Brom had always made the case that this was a long term project it was a chaser anything he did over hurdles was a bonus and I think we'll see uh, he's been the most impressive so far deserves his uh, position at the top of the RSA market yeah I have to echo that I think in what we've seen he looks very exciting and as you say Dermo and rightly I think a lot of times on this podcast Henry de Bromhead would chase us and if he shows a bit of patience he could have a very good horse on his hands which he's done um, I did miss out the bet Victor Chase of course Splash of Ginge was the winner I think I probably missed out because none of us would have seen that winning I don't think with a few picks at the weekend would we? No he's one of those kind of annoying horses form wise that he just pops in and out like he's a lovable horse and the owner and everyone involved in it it was great scenes at Cheltenham again form wise I wouldn't be taking a whole lot out of that race delighted for connections but Splash of Ginge now again for the season has probably done his winning but he's one of the first ho- he is the first horse ever isn't he to win the bet for Hurdle and the, uh, the bet Victor Gold Cup which is an amazing feat uh, but the horse that I took out of it was Bally Alton Dean I thought Tom O'Brien gave him a very easy time going around when the ground just wouldn't have suited him um, he's on a very decent mark I hope he didn't go up a whole pile I didn't check actually if he did but Bally Alton going into something like the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup if the ground is just better as in good good to, or good to soft or just a bit worse he'll go very close um, but form wise of that race I wouldn't be taking a whole pile out of it yeah, it seemed like a few kind of missed the beat. I thought the one to take out of it was the Invalley. Travelled fantastically well up to the first fence. 
And what about Le Prezian? <laughs> Le Prezian, though, was given a lot to do. Uh, I thought he stayed on quite well. I think if the ground had been any better, I think Le Prezian would be the only one to take out of the race. Okay. Okay, it's often a very good guide to the, the series of those handicaps that come up at Cheltenham. So there probably are a couple of winners of the next ones lurking in that field. Whether Splash of Ginge, who I have to say for connections, is a remarkable An absolute horse. superstar, isn't he? It's brilliant for them. So congratulations to them. They had an absolute ball. Now, we will take a break now on the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you with our friends at BetBright. But some of the best is yet to come. Rich Ritchie will be up next talking to me, and we'll go through uh, the big guns that he's got. And, of course, the return of Fourheen. We'll even catch up a little bit about Melbourne. And then after that, done uh, the lads here will be back and we'll talk about some of this weekend's racing isn't it time you got your hands on the award-winning BetFinder app from BetBright? it's not like any other sports app you've ever experienced unlike your mates BetFinder actually does know it all runners riders results and forms with key trends all at your fingertips BetFinder puts the power in your hands to make informed choices and it's ready to go get stuck in with BetFinder from BetBright. BetFinder by BetBright bringing power to your fingertips. Download the app through the App Store and Google Play now. Okay, welcome back to the uh, race hour, of course, brought to you with our friends at BetBright. I'm delighted to say a big friend of the podcast, of course, Rich Richie is joining me on the line. Rich, how are you, sir? Very well, Dean. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good to talk to you again on the on the Race Hour podcast. And uh, it's been a little while since we caught up. And of course, you've had some fantastic travails. Let's let's start with with Melbourne and the trip out there with uh, well another fantastic run from from Max Dynamite. Thomas Hobson perhaps getting a little bit blunted by the draw there, but still ran a big race. And of course, it was a tremendous achievement for Ireland and Joseph O'Brien, coming the youngest man to win the Melbourne Cup. It must have been some trip, Rich. It was fantastic. It, it was, it, we were fortunate. It was the second time we've been able to to go out there. They they really know how to treat uh, owners well in Australia. It's an amazing sort of week of activities. It starts with a gala dinner, and then there's a, a big lunch on the Friday, a cocktail party on the Friday night. We go to the Derby on Saturday. On the Sunday, there's a picnic in the Botanical Gardens. Monday, there's a parade where people are four or five foot deep around the streets of Melbourne. And then you uh, and then you go to uh, the Governor's Mansion for Monday night. The race is Tuesday. It's a remarkable experience. And uh, the results were, were fantastic for Ireland. I mean, Joseph was superb um, and what he managed to do, and his father, of course. Of course. We ran a huge race. Uh, Max Dynamite was brilliant. I thought when the, the Red Sea opened there on the rail, it was our year. We needed that to happen two years ago. Yeah. Um, but he... Um, I think it was probably on the day. I think we all thought that it was it was younger legs that beat us. But I, I actually think you know, having seen the horse the next day and seeing how fresh and well he was, I think it was just lack of match fitness. If, if he had had the same sort of campaign as Thomas Hobson and had been race hardened, if you will, I think it could have been a different story. He would have been closer anyway. Well, he's running another uh, huge Thomas race. Hobson, he ran a huge race, and, and Thomas Hobson ran a, a cracker. Um, he was probably um, too relaxed and maybe a bit far back at the start, but. You know, losing our our jockey who had you know called us to ride the horse. Yeah. The the, the day of the race was tough. The, the young fellow who um, who filled in for him did a great job, and yeah, the draw probably got him. But he was a fast missing six six, and they they both did very very well. And uh, for Max Dynamite, uh, he's been fortunate enough to be invited to Hong Kong, and uh, will be coming there on the tenth of December. Yeah, and as you say, maybe he will be absolutely match ready by that stage. Should be. He'll certainly have come on for that run. Yeah. And uh, that's a tough one, though. He's got a Highland Reel in that race, and potentially Tiberian, and a lot of the good flat horses from um, from Hong Kong and from the Breeders' Cup. So it'll be a tough race. But 
you know, if we could finish in the first three again, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely would. And uh, fingers crossed then for Max, we might catch up as well with you before uh, that takes place. I think you said on the 10th there. So we look forward to that. And Melbourne is a, is a, a unique experience as you just described it something that you'll be keen to go to war with again providing you have the horses still oh it's an expensive endeavor I yeah mean, it, it is you have to think it's about a hundred thousand euros per horse you, you, that's what you have to have in your head right and so you you if you're finishing the first 10 um you you cover most of your costs obviously finishing the first five you'd eat a little profit but we had the unfortunate circumstances with ribbon light going down as well who i sent us sort of a, 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 a to de-risk the situation because if, if you know Max Dynamite or, or something happened to Thomas Hobson and didn't get in the race I thought Riven Knight would be able to pick up quite a bit of prize money just given his form of the season of course yeah. he got hurt in his first run but you know it, it is a, it, it's not my you know I don't set up the year trying to win the Melbourne Cup it'd be wonderful to win um, National Hunt is really our priority and, and you know it's amazing what, what he can do with um, some of these horses who build up stamina uh, in the National Hunt game and are able to go back to the flat if the opportunity presented itself again, we'd, we'd like to go. It's a great experience, and uh, it's one of the world's great races. But you know, it's not the be-all and end-all for uh, for us. We're, we're national hunt people. Yeah, I can see that. And but you would have been part of the the kind of honorary Irish contingent there when Joseph and of course Aidan's in second. You're finishing in third. Um, I mean, that's a remarkable achievement. I think it's only the seventh overseas winner. So it's proved how hard it is to be done. And someone like Joseph is a great story for racing, isn't it? You must have been appreciative to be part of that story. Oh, I was delighted for Joseph. He's a, he's a lovely young man, and his whole family, his, his mother and father are great, and his siblings. And uh, he very generously offered us, uh, invited us to his party that night. It was good to see him so happy and relaxed, and it was a, it was a wonderful experience. It was a hell of an achievement for the Irish. You're right. It's, it's a, a race that is very difficult for uh, foreigners to win, and uh, the, the one, two, three was a real testimony to uh, the quality of training and the quality of horse that, that there is in Ireland. It was fantastic. I wonder how the Australians will react next year, maybe make it a bit harder for you all to get in. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, no. there's a lot of, of reaction to, to some of the... Actually, it was just really one article in the, uh, in the, the Age down in Australia that, yeah. that was um, regretting the fact that the, the Australians had done so poorly. And, and it was an overreaction. I think people up here, you know, there's a, a lot of rivalry between the Australians and particularly the English. And I think a lot of people over-focused on that. The reception we got was terrific. And they go out of their way to uh, to recruit uh, foreign participants because that's what makes the race so great. Yes. And uh, look, I'm sure the Australians will be back next year better than ever. Yeah. I'm sure, and it, it does do that. It's a fantastic occasion and, and nice for you to be part of it again. And, uh, and uh, well, you know, you've gone close twice. So let's see what the future holds with the Melbourne Cup and, and the, the Ritchie colours. Let's talk about Forheen, who we'd all waited for last season and got so close to coming back on the track. And finally, when he has come back in that Morgiana just passed, um, well, I thought it was a, a stunning performance from Forheen. And he does seem to be operating well he must be very close to his best rich i know you were delighted after his success it's some relief yes and you know you're right well last season we we kept uh, hoping he'd come back and he was very very close and you know he he, he probably uh, could have run at punchestown he wouldn't have been his best and i think willie uh, as well as us uh, showed great patience and not being tempted by that particularly with the pressures of the champion uh, trainer's title on the line last year was really a big call by Willie because he certainly could have done himself some justice might not have been the Fahim that we saw the other day but um, I'm sure he was tempted but we decided to take the patient route he was brilliant I thought he looked a bit big in the ring beforehand yeah. 
um, but he was uh, he'll come on for it. He wasn't as big as he has been, but he certainly looked a bit big. And and I think that the way he attacked his his hurdles with such zeal uh, really bodes well. And you know he's come out of it 100, percent uh, which is fantastic. I see he got a time form rating of 168. Yeah, no messing. Uh, and they said that it's not yeah it's not it's not far from there to where his best was. And he can certainly get there. I'm expecting him to come on for the run. It's just wonderful to have him back, and it's terrific for racing. And gosh, for a reception he got in Punchestown, it was spectacular. Yeah, it's brilliant for the for the public to get a chance to see him because he's been missing for so long, and that division has been a little bit quiet without a big gun like Forheen. So I guess now it's kind of, is it breath held until we do see him again somewhere around Christmas time? Well, I don't think it's breath, breath held. He's 100%. You know, he came out of the race really, really well. Anything can happen, of course, as we know, of on course. the gallop, like that, but... Uh, he seems to be in really good form and uh, came out of the race well. Uh, he, he he knew he'd won his race. That's a good one to do, which is yeah. great. And uh, he, uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, it was the, either the Christmas hurdles at uh, at, at Leopardstown or at, at Kempton uh, would suit. And uh, I'm sure that's where he'll be next. Okay, okay, well, we look forward to that. You know, it's funny, actually, watching Forheen, I've seen the replay back a couple of times. One or two people have used this exact same phrase, that I've forgotten what a good one looked like. Ah, well, that's probably unfair to the Boover Dares and Tessie de Souls of the world who are very good horses in their own right and won't be, you know, cakewalks. It's not a, a certain thing that we all get there, first of all. Of course. It, it's always a good race. It'll be competitive. Yeah, it will be, and it's good to have Forheen back. And we can't be too far away now, Rich, from, from seeing Duvan again. How is Duvan? Duvan's in great order. Um, you know, your listeners may have heard me say in, in, in uh, on another program that, that, you know, we weren't entirely happy with him all last year. There just yeah. to be something that was missing from from the imperiousness with which he he did everything the year before and obviously you know something was bothering him and it turns out it was it was the the, the, the fracture in his hip yeah uh that came to light in his cheltenham race so um he's got that back he seems to have his swagger um in full order and uh he will be out very very soon i think you know uh willie has said that the tingle creek is his is his target uh, there's the tingle creek and the hilly way there's you know, there's a long way to go between now and then. It'd be certainly be one of those two where we'll start. We'll see close to the time, I'm sure. But um, he's in really good order, and wherever he runs, I'm looking forward to him coming back out. Were you disappointed, like everyone else in racing, to hear that Altier, of course, has had this breathing issue, and maybe we'll have to go straight to the the Queen Mum? Because I know you're you're always up for that challenge if it presents itself, and those two can meet each other. It might have to be at the festival now, all being well with yours, and if Altier is back. Yes, we've got to get there as well. Of course, I was gutted about Altio. I'm a racing fan, first and foremost. Yeah. His owners, the Pews, are, are very, very nice people, and I'm a big Nicky Henderson fan. And uh, it was it was, it was was awful that he's gotten this um, injury. However, you know, it's not a tendon. It's not a leg. It's not a bone. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, a breathing difficulty, which, you know, Spencer Sacra certainly had amongst others, and he's come back from. So the important thing is to get him back and... Um, you know, he, he'll be back. He, he's a great talent, and oh boy, if, if they meet up, that'd be some race. And um, uh, hopefully, Altior comes back as good as new, and Duvan can return to where he was and set up a real fascinating clash at the festival. That's what mm-hmm. racing's all about. We would be in for some treat when that happens. Fingers crossed now for Duvan's yeah. uh, return. And um, horse we talked about last year on this podcast, of course, and we would have done was was Jack Adam, who's been. You know, people often kind of confuse him with being a much older horse. He's actually not that old at all, and he's had a couple of cracks at at a Gold Cup at an early enough age. Are you considering him this year in the, in the same mould as Gold Cup again, or are we maybe with Jack Adam? I mean, it's it's up to you and Willie, of course, where 
he might end up this term but a similar campaign or is he is in the gold cup thoughts of yourself of course he is i mean you're, you're right about his age i mean he's, he's running three gold cups and he's only eight yeah rising nine but yeah. um still a young horse um he is a uh he's in good good great order very good order uh summered particularly well hmm. um i imagine we'll start him off in the john durkin as we have the last couple of years yeah uh the interesting race with sizing john now targeting that as well exactly and uh take it from there he's in the King George at Christmas time uh, the, the gold cup route would be the way back I mean if you in, in, in another year he might have won two gold cups exactly know, it's in, true in a couple of those years and um, you know I, I hear what people say that he just doesn't quite get, get the three miles two he seems to get three miles really well in those yeah. last two and we'll just have to see how we go but you know the plan at the moment would be to take a similar route to last year and I'm sure he'll have multiple options at the festival. Um, he could certainly drop back and trip, as we've seen with John Durkin. He's good over two and a half. So the, uh, the the Ryanair could be a possibility. But I think at the moment the thinking is, is you know, we'll go back for the Gold Cup. That would be the plan this season. And he's in good order. And as I say, his likely target will be the uh, John Durkin on the 10th of December. Yeah. OK, well, it's good to hear. I mean, you've got some fantastic mares, of course, Rich. And you've always been associated with great mares. Annie Power, of course, that we... We all love to bits. I mean, the likes of Limini, Vroom Vroom, Mag, Let's Dance. Another busy campaign for you and your uh, and your mares this term, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. Limini uh, is another one who is very lightly raced. Um, we had struggled the past couple of years keep keeping her right, but she summered very, very well. It seems to be a, a much bigger, stronger uh, mare now this year. Um, she will. She's in lots of things. I imagine. Um, one possible target for her would be the uh, the Hatton's Grace um, in a rematch against Apples Jade on the uh, next weekend on, on Sunday the third, yeah. and uh, take it from there. Broom um, Broom Mag is back. She sustained an injury in the Champion Hurdle at Punchestown. Um, she is it's fine. Um, she'll mix it up over over hurdles and fences. I think this season. Um, she was supposed to start uh, last week uh, in the Fahin race, actually, but yeah. she had a, a small little pulled muscle. She's fine. Good. And she'll be back um, ready to roll soon. She could also be in that hat's grace. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. We've got Let's Dance, who was going very, very well when she fell, unfortunately, and broke Paul Ruby's leg last uh, last weekend. But yeah. uh, she'll be back, and she's also a very young mare. She's only, I think, five, uh, maybe six, and uh, lots of opportunities for her. We've got Carolee, who was so impressive uh, her first time out, really only ran uh, the once last season, um, I think, when she came, uh, took on Apple's Jade um, at, at Punchestown, finished third, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, a, a great string of mares, and hopefully they're all fitting well and can do themselves justice this year. But most of them will be, oh, we've got Benny to do, of course, sorry, who will uh, make a hell of a chaser. And anybody who hasn't seen that race at Limerick uh, last Christmas time should go back and watch it. Uh, amazing, amazing. Like a bunny rabbit uh, with with Duracell batteries. It was something special that was. It was amazing the way she jumped, wasn't it? And yeah. you know, Limerick, stiff, those stiff fences, she was uh, absolutely brilliant. She's a very exciting mare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Ruby there, of course. Very, yeah, it's the jump jockeys go through uh, you know tremendous amount of uh, of injuries and stuff through their careers a, a bit of bad timing for ruby and hopefully he'll be back soon it gave obviously paul an opportunity on on forheen and i mean you've got a fantastic super sub there to step in on rides and and you know it's just disappointing isn't it for ruby to 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 miss out now as as some of the better horses are coming out but he'll be back and he's okay He's fine. I, you know, I absolutely gutted for him. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely gutted for him. And I, I speak to Ruby most days. He's a, 
he's a friend uh, and as well as being uh, an unbelievable jockey and he is uh, now focused on his rehab yeah. um, he um, is full time on that he'll come back absolutely as soon as he can but you know he, he can only do as much as the, as the doctors say um, but I am gutted for him he, he, he was really integral to the recovery horses like Fahim and Duvan he's a huge part of the yard and uh, you know people would probably just think he goes in there and you know rides out the good ones absolutely not at all he's there involved with every aspect of it the race planning the work everything and um he is a loss so hopefully uh the sooner he can be up and walking around the better uh because we, we need him in the yard you know you say paul's a super sub i never think of paul as a super sub he, he, he's a number one jockey in his own right ex-champion sure. jockey and uh i know what you mean but he, he'd be number one in any other yard and we're lucky to have him and he was brilliant on Fahim. And uh, he's got a, a great book of rides coming up uh, over the coming weeks, as well as the other jockeys in the yard. You know, I'm delighted that uh, David and Danny Mullins are in there. Yeah. And, uh, and Patrick Mullins as well can ride for me anytime. And um, we're very lucky to have uh, such a strong string of jockeys that can uh, chop and change and, and are all uh, excellent at a fence or a hurdle. So, you know, long, long uh, may they stay healthy. Absolutely. It's a fierce pool of talent and, of course, headed by Ruby. So we wish him well in his recovery. And, of course, like you say, you've plenty of fantastic, talented jockeys and, and people involved in that yard to, to rely on to, to kind of fill the gap that Ruby leaves. But he'll be back. So we look forward to that. One of our listeners did ask me, um, before I move on to some of the horses that are likely to be out over the next coming days, um, Montalbana, of course, came good towards the back end of that season and a, a nice win at Punchestown. I think he's, he's still rather exciting. Yeah, I think I think he was interesting, wasn't he? Because he looked an immature horse uh, early in the season. Uh, he won his maiden and then went close a few times. Um, didn't seem to to really um, uh, hold on to a lot of his conditioning. Just maybe an immature type. Yeah. And then uh, he was brilliant at the Punchestown Festival and uh, grew quite a bit over the summer. Uh, I think chasing was probably always going to be his game. One of those horses that develops and grows in time and. Yeah, he'll be out in the beginner's chase very, very shortly over the next uh, couple of weeks. I know he was entered in the weekend. He's got a couple of entries next week, so I'm hoping he's out uh, at one of the meetings next week. I think he's in both at Punchestown and Thurless. Okay, so the right opportunity we found for Montalbano's return. We look forward to that. Um, over the next, well, few days, I guess the horse that you'd be really looking forward to is the return of Min. Yes, uh, Min goes uh, tomorrow, and I think it's winners of two at, uh, at Gorin. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to have him back. He was absolutely flying last season. Yeah. And uh, I was really relishing uh, an Arco battle with Altior. And, unfortunately, he got hurt. But um, he's also one that seems to have strengthened up a bit. Jumping uh, uh, fences really seems to be uh, his, his forte. And very excited to get him back. Um, it'll be very heavy ground tomorrow. And it's over a longer trip than he's run. Um, bit of a test. Uh, previously, two and a half. But... Uh, he's certainly capable of that, and um, you know he's ready to start off. Uh, hopefully, he can um, he can win. But um, you know, a lot of these horses coming back first time, you know, they'll certainly come on for the run, but they'll be ready to go as well. So, looking forward to seeing him tomorrow. Yeah, and many, 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 of course, race fans will be really looking forward to seeing Min. One of the highlights of the of this weekend coming, of course, will be the return of Min to the race. Of course, Sharjah as well is also out for you, Rich. Yeah, he was very good in his uh, in his maiden hurdle. Um, he's a horse we like a lot. He's in a four-year-old only race tomorrow. Of course, the the, the big threat in that race is uh, Roaring Bull, um, amongst others. Yeah. Um, but Roaring Bull certainly is a, is a big name and will likely go a favorite, I imagine. But Sharjah mm-hmm. um, seems to certainly have a good turn of foot. Uh, it's a good race for winners of one, 
and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him now, see how he gets on against a quality field. So it's a small field, but it's a quality field, and uh, I'm very interested to see how he gets on. I, I like the horse, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping he, uh, he's, he's ready to go and, and can do himself justice. Well, an exciting few days ahead for you then. And of course, uh, with BetBright, um, they'll be releasing a Young Horses uh, stable tour. Last year, you put the full stable tour out with, with BetBright around this time, pre kind of Hennessy Labrick Gold Cup as it is now. And 19 or so horses featured in this document. So any listeners who want to pick that up, they can check out that on uh, the BetBright blog. That will be out very shortly. Uh, it includes one yes, horse. Which... We've just, we've, we changed it up a little bit this year. We're exactly. doing some, some of our younger horses first. and and uh, we'll be out with uh, the rest of the string a little later, um, you know, as we approach Christmas. But um, uh, people are always asking uh, asking me or, or asking Joe Chambers, our racing manager, about a lot of these horses. So uh, hopefully it gives uh, uh, racing fans some information and they can they can use and, and get a part, you know, build up their own excitement for, uh, for some of these younger horses coming out. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Please, people um, that are listening, um, get on to the Bed, Bed Park website and, and download the... Uh, the horse features yeah do that and there's some crackers in there one i must ask you while i have you on the on the on the line rich animix sits top of this supreme betting market now we've been here before with you and some great successes in the supreme and animix i think he's a four-year-old by martelan who's just had the one run in or toy but there seems to be some nice excitement about this animal well you know we were very fortunate to win the supreme three years on the bounce and yeah the second following year and there seems to be a, um, a trend uh, about trying to find the, the next supreme uh, winner that runs in our colors. And, uh, you know, last year the, the talking horse was a horse called Senawalk, who turned out to be no good. He couldn't breathe. Showed a lot at home, um, but just, you know, couldn't breathe. Um, this fellow, amongst others, um, uh, seems to go well. Um, you know, I, I saw him briefly last spring. I haven't seen him yet this autumn. Uh, I see he's in it at Thurless next week. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he comes out. Although I see he's thirty-first on the ballot, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping they split the, the race in two. But if not, I'm sure he'll be out shortly thereafter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got we've got you know Animix. We've got a horse called Anti. We've got a horse called uh, Kessel Ring. They're they're all in that in the in the, the young horses list. Yeah. And um, uh, hopefully we'll see how the pegging order sorts out. It has a way of sorting itself out. But um, there's quite a few to look forward to. But certainly Animix is one. Of them. Well, it wouldn't be this time of year, Rich, without a few of them that, you know, hopes and dreams are all massively intact and we hope they all come off. It's happened before. It can be done again. And uh, I wouldn't put anyone off in grabbing that document and having to spin through them before we do see them on the racetrack. So thank you very much for putting that together. Um, and it's been great to talk to you. What we will do, Rich, if you don't mind, we'll catch up with you in a week or so ahead of that cracking meeting at Fairy House. And of course, if Max Dynamite's heading to Hong Kong, we might have a chat about that as well, if that suits you. Fantastic. It's a great time of the year for, uh, for a national hunt racing isn't it you've got these big meetings every weekend you know tomorrow we've got the big the big meeting in hey doc you're right we've got the big meeting at Barry house next weekend yeah and the fighting fifth and the following weekend we've got uh Sandown, we've got hong kong we've got uh punches town uh lots of activity i'm delighted to uh to whatever you'd like well thank you very much for coming on once again and you know the talking kind of stops now we're going to see some of these horses on the track we've all been waiting for it over the last few months and it's great that it's here thank you very much for spending some time with us again 
Super. Thanks, Dean. All the best. Okay, welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Thank you very much again to Rich Ritchie for joining us once again on the pod. We hope to have him back uh, next week as well, ahead of the uh, big meetings coming up at Fairy House and elsewhere, and we'll catch up with him uh, then. So the lads are still with me, Dermot Nolan and Dave McGurn, and we've got a decent bit of weekend's action uh, to come back to. But I think, Dave, there was one horse you wanted to talk about that we skipped from the review who is mighty impressive, uh, North Hill Harvey, and he was impressive. Uh, it was his jumping. I don't, River was jumping came apart. I don't think he beat much of the race, but it's the way he did it. He won the Greatwood last year off 149. He's rated 149 over fences. And I think I think he'll manage to go to a lot higher mark this year over that, over fences. He looks he was very very impressive, very slick. And just the fact that they're actually campaigning him now for the full year as opposed to. You know, he came out for the grey wood and then he was being yeah. put away for another hurdle. Like it's, it's just nice to see him now. That you know, hopefully we'll see him run through the year because it could just be a case that he comes on for his runs as well. Well, whatever you make of the performance, whatever you think of the horses, now they performed in behind. I thought the skeletons' reaction to the performance and what they thought they got out of that run was pretty telling. So, yeah. your confidence is backed up by connections. Yeah, always a good only, sign. That's what's the only disappointing thing about Cheltenham this year was it was the lack of Irish runners I know we had 20 runners over there right. but we had only two favourites one fell one was second and there was no depth to the challenge and it, it just you know it's nice to get an early season in the cater up where we to gauge our horses against theirs and to look at it but it was a pity now I thought it was very disappointing in that sense I think Gord Elliott has, has, uh, he kind of ruined that didn't he because remember Willie when he was dominating used to send like a few of a second and third string novices over to test the likes just of to get a, yeah, to, he did it with Ratvind and went over one year to race against uh, Red Sherlock and it was just purely you could see to get a gauge in the form yeah. and since obviously Gordon now has got so close to him he, he stopped doing that now he's trying to win as many races over here okay Let's um, let's talk about well the biggest race of the weekend. Might not have the biggest field now, of course, the Betfair Chase, and we've no sizing John. They've decided on skipping on concerns over that ground, and we could get some seriously bad ground, of course, at Haydock this weekend. Uh, top of the shops is Bristol Demise in there at six to four. Q Card is back for more. Calls for him to be retired might be a little bit premature if he goes and wins this. Uh, Outlander T for two. Traffic Fluid, Shantu Flyer making up the field. Um, it looks like Bristol Demise never get a better chance to win one of these. No, uh, I, t- I don't know. I think this horse is an absolute myth. Uh, I really do. I, th- I think he he picks up races when when you know when no one else is really running or trying. He he picked up that handicap last year, which was an awful race. He yeah, he's a Charlie Hall winner, Dean. But that race completely fell apart. Uh, I think genuinely the one here that's massively over that's massively overpriced, or at least was during the week. Five to one mightn't be so anymore. Outlander. Uh, he, He'll handle the ground. He's already won Alexis. He's a horse who, yeah, he can throw in some bad runs, but I think that's more so down to the fact that he just doesn't like Cheltenham, in my opinion. Uh, but he's 5-1 to one here, Dean, against a top two where I'd have serious question marks over how good Bristol Demai is. And then you'd have to have question marks over Q cards jumping, but I think Q cards going to put in a much better performance than he did last time out. But I think Outlander at 5-1, to one, he's been there, he's done it all, he's in first-time cheek pieces, the ground won't be an issue, he's Jack Kennedy who can't stop riding winners up on his back, and the fact that Gordon sends him for this shows to me that he's in, he's in red-hot form, and the first-time cheek pieces, if they bring about further improvement, he's going to go amazingly close. I, I guess, I'm guessing that Derma might have stolen some of your thunder here, Dave, with, with Outlander. I know that you like the horse, and but we've got to expect Q-Card 
to step up on that previous performance. We have yeah, to. Yeah, I did pull up Outlander last day. Uh, I mean, the key to Outlander, he, people were looking at his last two runs in the Gold Cup and then a punch his hand. He did back operation. He, uh, I think, it was pinching or uh, pinching balls at spine. Or I can't remember what it's it was. Spine, yeah, and uh, he was kind of given a, a run, uh, quite enough run. And his performance the last day, I thought that Dan Royal was really decent. I mean, Outland has run five times in heavy ground. First time he ran was in a point to point, he was pulled up. And all four other runs on heavy ground, he's won. Uh, he's six pound, rated six pound superior to Bristol de May. But I wouldn't rule out Bristol de May. I mean, that's, it's a six year old. And I thought his performance in Charlie Hall Chase, where he kind of idled in front, was fairly decent. Again, he's a 100% record of Haydock. He's ran twice there. A 22 length winner from Old Targo Trail and 33 lengths from Amar Almata. Uh, Bristol Amai is improving. He's going to be a much better horse this year. I think he's got his conditions, but I'd favour Outlander. Q card, that race he won last year, Conagree wasn't at his best. I mean, he just had a saunter around. He, he beat nothing last year. And at 11, I did have to take him on on this kind of atrocious ground. Yeah, he doesn't look a bet, but he'd be great for racing if Q-Card comes and wins. And I just think that the public would like to see that. Even if they're not punting in the contest, that's what they'd like to see. Yeah, yeah it'd be nice. It's, it's, it's sentimental, but for anybody betting, I think Outlander has <laughs> yeah, a price, the value. And Bristol might potentially could be smart. It's still only six and will improve. There is no place for sentiment with uh, Dave McGurin and betting markets, which is fair, I think. I, I thought T for two at 10 to one was an interesting price, but this is a no bet race for me. I'd love to see Q card uh, get the job done. Good luck, though, to the boys there with Outlander. Uh, once you let me down in the JLT, and I know he fell that day, I'm done. Oh, he was stopped at the start, wasn't he, by Savannah? No, not really. He was in the race enough. He, I think oh, he, he started about six, seven lengths behind everything. Well, he made them all up, so he's a talented horse. He just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's the, that. That is the bet. Fair chase. Um, there's a cracking um, chase at two or five at Ascot, where Smad Place tops the betting at 100 to 30. So, a two mile five furlong. Uh, Smad Place, of course, well back with a bang on a seasonal reappearance. Top notches in there, around seven to two. You've got lots of Top Gamble, Flying Angel, Frodon, uh, still engaged. I see Joss's Hill. Let's hope they take the fences out of the way. That'll help that one. Uh, the Christie 1965 chase, gents. Uh, the screams an absolute no bet race for me. It- it's going to be a cracker. You'll have Smart Place belting off. Um, who's, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, for his owners, he's been an absolute superstar for them. Hennessy winner, and to do that the last time beating um, beating Cloudy Dream was it was a fair performance. I would worry about the trip here at Ascot. I just think uh, the running, that's, it's just a bit more level, and the likes of Top, Man- Top Gamble and Top Notch might make it closer, but uh, it's a race, Dean. I'll be swerving, and I will just be watching and enjoying it. I think the conditions of the race... Suits mad place. He's rated at 164. He's on level weights with horses rated at 153. The only other horse that's suited or that's as well in on the conditions is Top Gamble. And Top Gamble has needed his race first time out the last two seasons. So I certainly wouldn't be rode in behind Top Gamble. I think the drop back a trip suited him in the old run, and I think Smart Place will go off in front. I really don't think there's something in the race to catch him. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. No, I, I think at 137 to 2, he'd be a bet. 
I'm a big top-notch fan um, for my sins, I have to say. But I'd be happy to take Smad Place on with top-notch this weekend. So I will definitely be going head-to-head against you, Dave, and we'll see how we come out. Uh, Demo wants to skip the race, which is fair enough. The Coral Hurdle goes to post at 2.40. And uh, while we didn't see him in the Greatwood, it's good to have Deffy Desoy back. And you'd have to imagine if had he run the Greatwood, probably would have just uh, done the business. Yeah, Dean, um, you'd like to think if he's as good as we thought he was and obviously the triumph form from last season, we need to have a bit more of a, a better look at it. He still did everything really, really well and uh, it'll be interesting to see him. Again, it's not a race he'll be weighing into, but if you did really fancy him and you knew he was 100%, 5-4 on wouldn't be the worst price in the world, Dean. I know the ground's bad tomorrow, but I think it probably did the horse a favour avoiding the Greatwood in that kind of conditions last week. You don't want the horse coming out first race of the season. You don't want a hard, hard race for a horse like that. Uh, if he's as good as he looked last year, he'll probably win. But at the prices, I'm happy to leave it alone. Yeah, I mean he's in there at shades of odds on, and that's yeah. probably entitled to be that price. And I don't think if this turned into a tactical fair, it's unlikely with the with the likes of Little Rockefeller in there that it'll do that. Yeah. So he should have something to aim at. Um, you'd imagine them come through and be too good for them. Be good to get Deffy Desoy uh, back on track. Now, there's some other. There are some other nice races across the cards in the UK, and I know Derma. I think you like one um, around on Saturday. I might let you pick up with the one that I think goes at 150 in that Betfair Exchange hurdle. Yeah, Dean, a horse that the uh, listeners will know that I've uh, I've been much maligned for following, but uh, I absolutely love Valued Risk. He's had his problems over the last season or two. That's known. Uh, the form that this horse carries through with him from his early days is very very strong um, he'll have no problem on the ground he's a very good horse and he basically he runs out of 145 on, on Saturday against Klein who's the favourite and uh, you have a Christian Williams horse in second favourite if he runs to the level that he ran with against you know what I mean Harry granted you know what I mean, Harry? His optimum is three miles, but he ran over two mile four. That's a horse last season, Dean, who peaked off 167 um, and 167 rating. So value at risk was, was he was left alone pretty much for that run, and he runs here of 145. If he puts in a similar performance last time out, the ground won't be a concern. Um, the, the yard continues to be in good form. The horse looks an awful lot better than he then he was running last season he's running more to the line and if he does that tomorrow Dean he's, he's going to find it very hard to lose I feel and at 5-1 to one, he's a whopping a whopping bet in my opinion OK so it sounds like Dermo has already found his nap of the weekend Dave of course very keen on Smart Place one of the other races we've already talked about um, one thing that gets my goat Okay, is that we had the fixed brush hurdle, which is a race I've always looked forward to. I like its idiosyncrasies. I like the fact that it's an intermediate race for these horses that might end up being decent chasers. Now we have a stayers handicap hurdle, grade three over two miles six. That's just the same as every other one. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's disappointing because again, Yalenki won the equivalent of this. It was a nice race to watch. Uh, it it's not wrecking my head all that much it wasn't a race I was looking forward to all year anyway I'll, I'll, I'll move on um, but it's uh, it's it, a bit boring I suppose Dean yes but look there's more important things to be worrying about in life maybe no well it depends you know how much you love the fixed brush hurdles or not you know for me <laughs> it's upset me it has upset me why have they got rid of them does anyone know the answer to this they're, like there's still trainers who are being interviewed on on TV and talking about it in the papers saying oh, I've got this horse for the fixed brush hurdles well they don't even know I was talking about David Pipe you can talk about David Pipe he's one of them D1 I'd imagine 
There's more than one. I saw Harry Fry as well talking about this one might be one for the fixed brush head. Well, no one seems to know. And now, you know, it's obviously not called that anymore. So that's clear that it's not. Um, I do have the winner of it, though, if anyone wants the winner. But if anyone wants to go first on the on the non-fixed brush head, then we'll take it away. Non-fixed brush Yeah, Dean, look, this is a good race. The World's End um, will probably be one of the... He'll probably he'll pull himself up to, to more up the front end of the world hurdle uh, first time out I probably would be taking him on but he's actually has potential off, off the mark I mean he's running off 11 stone 5 what he did last season was quite decent but the one the one I really liked in this um, and again we're actually going back to David Pipe as um, as Dave has teed up here is Champers on ice um, I thought he'll run very well and I genuinely thought he'll handle the ground he's decent form Dean and he won't be stopping at the line and you've completely stolen right. my thunder. I think Dean has been calling that one out all week. I haven't heard Dean mention that once. <laughs> That's all I talk about, Demo, is, uh, is Champers on Ice. And we know what the pipes are like in, uh, in targeting one of those races. I, th- I think they've got the right one. So at 8-1, to one, it looks like one of the bets of the weekend. But I would be more confident if he had them stupid-looking fixed brush hurdles yeah. to be... Uh, I want to clarify for everyone in listener land that Dean hasn't mentioned that horse once to me in his whole life. Don't worry about it, Demo. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I take on the gin and just hope it wins. Like it's very rare I even pick a horse that races on this <laughs> podcast. So to get one that we both like and might actually have a chance would be fantastic. So Champers are nice, I think, for that stairs handicap hurdle. Now on Sunday, um, well, actually over the weekend, of course, um, we've got some other decent horses out. Min already caught up with Rich Richie about good to have it back on on course gents hopefully goes and does the business with a big season ahead yeah very interesting to see what trip he eventually lands over um, if Duvan is good enough to run over two miles and you imagine he'll step up to the Ryanair trip possibly or wherever they slot him in but look Dean uh, in racing we need superstars and it's good to have another potential one back they possibly will if they if Duvan comes back and, and retains his ability I'd imagine they'll have to step him in up and trip it's not the worst problem in the world to have. He's no. a hugely talented horse. And we, we missed out on the possibility of a rematch, of course, with Altior at Cheltenham, where Altior didn't run, arguably, up to his level. Min might have caught him out that day. Absolutely, yeah. There wouldn't have been much between them after Min suffering the injury in the Supreme over hurdles. It would have been very interesting to see the rematch. Well, there's still time for some great battles, of course, ahead uh, during the season. The Troy Town Jace is up, and... Uh, well, Acapella Bourgeois, are we going to see another Total Recall situation where a horse joins Willie Mullins and improves two stone? This one's a bit higher rated than Total Recall was, and going for a tougher race, I'd argue. Yeah, but he doesn't really need to improve a whole lot to win this. I mean, 7-2 is arguably a decent price for him, I think. I mean, like, he, this is the ground that he absolutely flourishes on. Uh, last year thereafter I mean he won that farce of a race at Navan I'm not counting that as form he beat uh, he beat Road to Respect who yes has come out and franked the form but the horses were about 30 out with 30 lengths behind him the whole way so. every horse in that race beat itself apart from the Absolutely. one that was in front yeah 100% I'm not counting that but his form only kind of fell apart there afterwards at Cheltenham and Punchstown on much better ground I think this horse is a complete another mudlark he should improve now for going to Willie Mullins and literally I think it's point and go he'll go from the front and I don't see anything in that field that's going to catch him Davey 7-2 for a Troy Town chase first round for Willie Mullins Demo's arguing that might be a big price. I mean, you could argue with the way that punting goes in these kind of races, he'd probably go off shorter than seven to two. He possibly will, and he's possibly being priced on the back of Total Recall's run. And I don't know if I'd want to be lumping on at a short price over three miles on heavy ground. I really don't. I mean, I thought it was bits of value. I was, I was hoping Prince of Scars had run. I yes. thought he did nothing as a first, first, first year over hurdles. Second year, he improved dramatically. 
Uh, I thought he had quite enough season last season, but I thought as a second season chaser, I certainly would have been following him. I thought he was on a really nice mark, dropped down to 139. Uh, unfortunately, it leaves me with general principle, who looked progressive, runs off a mark of 140. He was running over two miles forward with a couple of uh, chases uh, before finishing fifth in an Irish national. Yeah, I mean, that was probably the handicap performance of the season for Marduk. He was staying on and he was ridden to get the trip. And I think then by the time you put him into the race, the race was over. Uh, I thought General Principal is running in the grade three at Limerick on heavy on heavyish ground. I thought it was fairly decent. He runs out the same mark today and I think this is his trip. I thought probably out of the Elliott horses, uh, the eight to, I think he's about eight to one, nine to one is probably the each way value on the race for me. Demo, you're pretty keen on Acapella Bourgeois perhaps being a price, but it's going to make a market for others in the race. Oh, I've got 100%. And look, if you're going to take him on, um, you can easily disagree with me. I'm not a hard man to disagree with of late. Uh, I can't pick a winner uh, at the moment. But Acapella Bourgeois, yeah, of course, he's making the market. I mean, if you like something else down the field, he's making everyone else's price. I mean, Potter's Point could be another one to win for Lisa O'Neill, who's absolutely flying. But I just think, Dean, you... Sometimes you have to go with class, and sometimes weight goes out the window a small bit for me because he he'll handle the ground better than most of them will. I mean, his best form over hurdles was on heavy ground. He'll just keep galloping. But the market is assuming that he's going to improve a lot. Oh, got it out to Willie Mullins. That's what I mean, and it is. And if you want to take him on, he's making your runners a much better price. But I just find no interest in taking him on whatsoever, Dean. It's not the worst field we've seen for a Troy Town. In fact, I think it might be turn out to be one of the classier Troy Towns. Acapella Bourgeois, General Principal, Pleasant Companies in their Marla Beach is back from more. Genie in a Bottle, who had such a big reputation before perhaps not delivering on it, is back. Uh, if they run that Hurricane Darwin, Thunder and Rose is already an Irish national winner. Of course, it's Children's List is in there. Perhaps that maybe, maybe won't run. I mean, it's it could end up being a classy affair. It's certainly a race that, if you've got an opinion in, I think you might get paid for it. So... Uh, you know, as a punter, I think it's a race that's going to take a bit of interest over the weekend. Is there any other races that anyone wanted to pick out um, over the weekend before we do go for a nap scenario? Yeah, so just for in Ireland, um, in the 105 at Navin, uh, it's very interesting on Sunday to see Sam Crow back out again. I thought that was a brilliant performance. I thought Sam Crow and Next Destination have been the best two novice hurdles, hurdlers so far this season. It'd be good to see Sam Crow now kind of rather rubber stamped that and then in the 135 a horse that I used to love uh, when it was with um, Fleming uh, Balbir Dumatan is now with uh, Shane Mahan he's dropped uh, a tremendous amount of pounds he's in what looks a poor handicap hurdle in the 135 I imagine he'll be a price they've booked Dennis O'Regan which is an interesting jockey booking from that yard I'd imagine he's off and I think he'll you'd, go very close. You'd want to see one of money, a bit of money for Shane's before you decide. That's it. That's it exactly. So I'd rather take a lower price and see that it was off. I'd rather take tens and sixteens, knowing that, yeah. that, that 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 they're interested. But Shane Man, a very good trainer, especially when the money's down. And Balbir de Matan is very well handicapped. In. Okay. Does all punting this weekend come with ground warnings? Every single time. Oh, yeah. Everything. Okay. Well, on, with that in mind. Not still not going to give you an easy ride in the naps, Dermo. Um, I can probably say your naps three words value at risk, Dave. Smart place, I knew you'd go there. I kind of like the one against you, but I don't want a nap against you, Dave. How's that feel? That's the esteem I hold you in. 
that is the esteem I hold you in. I'm going to go with shampoos on ice in the non-fixed brush, whatever it's called, hurdle, and uh, and hope that delivers at a decent price. But Dermo kind of stole that from me, so now I feel a little bit awkward about yeah, putting that up. Fake Dermo source, yeah. Yeah. Mind. yeah. See, that's you what that's what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm going to get, isn't it? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to get. I will throw another one into the mix. 335 at Haydock. Henry Parry Morgan, who I thought came back with a, a decent enough start. I think that will go well. It's around yeah, 11 I can't to remember where 2. It Optimus Prime is another over the weekend that I'd certainly give. Uh, I think it should be a decent price. It should be around the 10, 9 to 1 mark. Okay. We are done. Thank you very much, gents. This has been The Race Hour, brought to you with our friends at BetBright. Uh, we'll do it all again next week. Sounds like Rich Ritchie will be back with us as well, which will be fantastic. Don't forget to pick up that Stable Tour document about his young horses that's going up on our, our sponsor's BetBright blog. That will be out very shortly. Uh, if you haven't got a copy, go and get one. And uh, best of luck. Find some winners over the weekend. Gents, thank you very much. Thanks, Dave.